Matthew 10, Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. Well, good morning, and welcome to the branches. My name is Alex Hershey, and that was my wife, Krista. I. I tried to convince her to preach today, but she just said she'd read scripture instead. So, good job. Anyway, awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Welcome to the branches. Happy Easter. I'm going to try something with you. I'm going to say, he is risen. That's my part. And your part is, he is risen indeed. All right? Are we ready here? Okay, so I'm going to say, he is risen. risen And this is what we're talking about. Jesus, three days ago, was lying in a tomb dead. And he's done something that no one has ever done, and that is that he resurrected on this day. And that is why we are here in a gym celebrating Christ being resurrected because he loves us so, so much. If you hear anything in this Easter day, I want you to hear this. Jesus loves you, all right? So really quick, turn to someone around you. If you're new, I'm sorry, I'm just going to do this, but if you came with somebody, you should be safe. Just turn to them and tell them Jesus loves you. Can you do that? Just say it to somebody. Oh, that's it. That's Easter. Jesus loves us. He cares for us. He watches over us. He loves us so much that he went to the cross for us, and he loves us so much that he left the tomb, and he allows for us to be free of our sin and our shame. What a beautiful thing that is. Well, here at the branches, our mission is to connect to God, grow in Christ, and to love others. We are not a perfect church. We never will be. But we will seek out ways to share the love of Christ the way that he has shared his love with us. And that is our goal. Our vision is to branch out with love to all those who are around us. So I'm so glad that you're here today. Would you join with me in prayer this morning? God, we come before you on this Easter Sunday, and we are amazed of what you have done for us. Just a few days ago, it looked pretty bleak. It was dark. The curtain was torn, and you hung upon a cross. But today, but today you are alive. And because you are alive, we can be made alive too. No longer will our sin and our shame dictate who we are. But your grace and your forgiveness will make a way in our lives. We pray, Lord, for those around us, that they will find peace in you and understand your truth. 
and be set free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How many of you ever have felt stuck before? Just stuck where you just can't be moving anywhere at all. And I'm talking about physical stuck right now. Like just physically stuck. When I was a kid, my mom uh, would grab my sister and I, and I think some a few of our friends, and we would do this thing called creaking. Does anybody know what I say when I'm saying creaking? This might, as I'm talking right now, I feel like it may just be a made-up word that my mom told me. But anyway, I'm not sure. But we would go and we'd grab our old pair of shoes and we'd find a local creek and we would just walk through the creek all day. I feel like this is something that was happening at the end of the summer when we was tired of all being in the house and we just had to get out. But we would go and we'd find this creek and we would just stomp through the creek all afternoon in the sunshine getting bit by mosquitoes, all of these things that if you are a super clean, neat person, you're cringing right now, like, what? Why are you doing this? But this is what we would do. And I always remember there would be those parts where all of a sudden you would get to a point in the creek and it would be really muddy, and you'd just start to sink in the mud, right? And you'd get stuck there in the mud, and you could just feel it, and it was always fun because you could pull your foot out, and it would make a funny noise when you were young, so you would laugh about it, and you would just keep going, right? And that was it. We would just go, and we'd play in the mud, and we'd have those moments of being stuck in the mud. Now, if you were a kid who grew up in the 80s, I grew up in the 80s, when you started getting stuck in the mud and started sinking, you had this great fear of quicksand. Remember this great fear of quicksand that we were all facing? Yes, and so all of a sudden, it wasn't just being stuck, but you're like, I'm doomed. I need a whip. I need Indiana Jones. I need him to pull me out of this, right? And like you start sinking. And there's this moment where you're not just stuck, but you're sinking. The thing is, in our lives, we can find these moments, and it seems like they've been coming more, more uh, frequently over the last few years where we can find ourselves being stuck. And not just being stuck physically, but we're stuck emotionally. We're stuck spiritually. And we're wondering what is next. And then there's that moment where we begin to feel that we are even sinking away from what we truly desire to be in this life. If we have had these moments, they're moments that disturb us. And there's actually a dilemma that I think we find ourselves in having this moment is because God didn't make us to be a stuck people. God didn't make us to be a sinking people either. God made us to be a people who are always moving forward. God made us to be a people who are always making sure that we don't sink in in, in situations, but that we actually thrive. I truly believe that. It's this beautiful thing called holiness. It's not a boring thing. I know, I know some people can define it, but I think holiness is this beautiful thing that's always drawing us closer to the image of Christ. And that image of Christ is perfect love. And so when we can feel stuck, we are out of whack in understanding who God is calling you to be. The thing is, that's what makes Easter so special. Because when Jesus came, the world was stuck. There was political powers, there were religious powers, there were just people being all just kinds of things, and they were just stuck. Everything was spinning, and everyone was mad, and everyone was angry. And Jesus came so that he could unstuck the world through his resurrection. That's the resurrection. 
The resurrection is telling you that you don't have to be the same anymore. It's the scripture that Dustin read. The old is gone, the new is now. The feeling of being stuck in the crossroads of life doesn't have to happen anymore. The feelings of feeling like your relationship isn't going to go anymore or, or, or you're stuck in always being in a certain situation or a certain job. God is saying to you and He's breathing upon you and He's saying to you on this Easter day, the resurrection is saying that the old is gone and the new is now. It is time to become unstuck. I love this story of Easter morning. Easter morning. Now we had sunrise service this morning. And I still can't feel my toes because we had it outside. So you are smart people for being inside right now. That's like, give yourself, yeah, a round of applause, tap yourself on the back. Anyway, but you're smart people. But uh, so if you see me just like warming up my toes. But anyway, it was probably warmer on the Easter morning when the Marys and, uh, showed up to the tomb. I love their like determination. Right? Their determination to show up. As, as Krista was reading that scripture, it's just this awesome, it's awesome just to remember that they went not thinking that the tomb would be open. Right? I mean, these are the women that they stood at the foot of the cross when Jesus was dying. While the twelve disciples, the men, were hiding out. They were afraid. And these women, they were staying right there, and they watched Jesus die, and they watched Jesus go into the tomb, and they watched the, the stone rolled over it, and they just were in this moment of like, what do we do now? I love it. What do we do now? I can relate to that. How many times in my life do I say, what can I do now? And I've learned that there's these times that we call them the in-between times. What do we do in the in-between times? From transition to transition, there just seems to be a block of time that we can scratch our head and we're not sure what is next. That's what was happening for these women. What do we do in the in-between time, in this moment? And they say, well, let's just go and see what happens. And so they walk to this tomb, expecting it to still be all sealed up. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Like Mary, Jesus' mom, right? Moms showing up everywhere. And then you had the other mom, who was like the mom who was trying to plead for her two sons to be second and third in command. Helicopter parent. Any helicopter parents here? Surely not. We live in suburbia. And so anyway, but, like, but we have that. So two moms that are headed. And then the Mary, who Jesus had ridded her personal demons from her. Three people who had watched Jesus do his ministry. And three people that had heard him say time and time again, I will rise on the third day. But yet in the in-between time, they had forgotten. They had forgotten. And this happens to us still unto this day. We can forget the teachings of God. Sometimes we can even forget that there is a God. This is the in-between time. And in this darkness, yesterday was silent Saturday. In that silence, we have to remember that there is still a God. And God is working. In the in-between times of your life, where you have felt stuck and you have felt sinking, God is present. And we were reminded in this resurrection story, this Easter story, that it's real. And that in our in-between times, we can come to the tomb not knowing what will happen. But we see then what happens. I love this part, right? They show up. Just as Jared's, there, there was nothing under your chair, right? There's nothing there. They show up. What's going on? 
And they do the first logical step. They don't go back to Jesus' teachings and be like, well, yeah, he said he wasn't going to be here. That makes sense. I mean, we did follow him. You know, we should remember these things. They didn't do that. But in fact, they said someone, you know, they started thinking that someone robbed the body. The angels appear. And then Jesus appears. Jesus appears to those who recognize that they are in that in-between time. That moment where we feel lost, stuck, underprepared, unqualified. Jesus shows up. And I love it too. Because the, the women aren't just instantly like, we believe. They actually had to see the face of Jesus. There's a lot of times Jesus is standing right in front of us, and we just don't see it. I can relate to them. And in this moment, though, as Jesus' face appeared to him, it finally clicked, and they fell to his feet, and they praised him. That is a beautiful thing. We are reminded that Jesus came. His resurrection is the one that brings us life, and life abundantly. John eleven twenty five 25 says, I am the resurrection and the life. What gives us life is Jesus. What a beautiful thing that is. N.T. Wright, he's a great theologian, uh, still living. There's, I like it when I can quote theologians who are still living, because usually they're all dead. But anyway, it's exciting when someone's alive. Anyway, but so N.T. Wright, he's still alive. He's over in England. He's got a cool beard and a cool accent. He says this. He says this. Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. Just leave that up there. Look at that. That's what Easter is. Easter, Jesus didn't come back and be like, all right, gang, let's all go up to heaven and just chill out. Last supper, first supper in heaven. No, he didn't do that. He said, now, let's come upon this world and bring the love of Christ to all the ends of it. This is Easter. This isn't a select club that says, all right, now we know and nobody else needs to know. The first thing he says to the women is he says, go and tell. This isn't a love that's just for a few people. This isn't a love for just a couple moments. This isn't the false love that we can see in some rom-coms. But this is a genuine love that says we are going to colonize this world with the love of Jesus. And we're going to believe in the transforming power of Christ. That is a call upon us. Isn't that amazing that when the Marys showed up, it wasn't that they just saw, it's a resurrected Jesus. This is amazing. Jesus then gives them a purpose, and he gives them meaning. He opens their hearts to see that there is more. He allows for them to see that they don't have to be stuck anymore. They don't have to sink in life anymore. But then when we put our trust in him, we have a life and we have it abundantly. What a beautiful thing that is. What an offer that Christ has given to us. Now, uh, a few years ago, uh, maybe I'm going to be vulnerable with you, and you'll, you'll be like, this is a guy I can scam. I don't know. But anyway, but a few years ago, uh, I got an email, right? Anybody get emails? They still happen. Anyway, so I get this email, and like, I would like to be like, I am a pastor. I have no pride in my life. I am perfect. But no, I get this email, and as the email is all like, it's like, we have selected you, pastor, to pay you to come to England and teach us how to be a church. I'm like, 
there was no reason in my mind at any point in my life that that should ever happen, all right? I just want you to know that. There's no reason. Anyway, and so, and I'm like, what? A free trip to England to where my favorite theologians used to hang out and they want to pay me? And I'm like, and, and I was like, this is an amazing email. I didn't know that I had made such a mark on someone that I had never met. This is unbelievable. And the offer was so good that I had to check it out, right? And so I start checking it out a little bit, and I'm like, oh, I just have to give them some of my personal information for them to pay me. This is unbelievable. They want to pay me up front? Wow. But then I asked the Google machine, and the Google machine told me this is a pastor scam. Which means, I'm like, oh, well, other pastors fell for this too. But the thing is, this is what I'm saying. We've all gotten emails like this where it seems too good to be true, right? Like, you have this great aunt. I didn't know I had a great aunt that had half a billion dollars. Oh, for me? Okay. But it's such an offer, right, that you want to check it out. You want to check it out. Now, okay, really quick, everybody. It's a scam. Don't go home and be like, the pastor told me to check out this, so I gave him my social security number. Don't do that in your emails, all right? But this is the thing. This offer that Jesus has given to us, you have to check it out. You have to. It's offering you. It's offering you life now. It's offering you forgiveness of your sins. Nothing else can do that. It's offering you a purpose, and it's offering you life forevermore. If someone slid that across the table to you and you turn it over, you are looking into it. You're looking into it. And I love it. In some of the gospel stories, we see that Peter runs back, one of the disciples, and he owns into the tomb. He, he, still, he sees the tomb is empty, but he has to go in, and he has to rationally process this offer that the guy that he had been following around for three years had been teaching him about, and he had to rationally figure this out. It was an offer that he couldn't ignore. And what's so beautiful about Easter is this, is that Jesus died upon the cross, but he rose again. And he didn't just do that so that you could just sort of follow him, but he was like, follow me and you will see an abundance in your life. Be all in with me. Don't go halfway here. I did all of this so that you can have life. God wants you to know this. And in this moment that we see this, we understand the great love that he has for us. The constant reminder at Easter this year for me has been this. If it was just me, Jesus would have still come and done the same thing. St. Augustine says this, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus gives you salvation, and it is no small thing. He is always going to be there with you. This Easter is an Easter of the reminder of the offer that Christ has offered to us. A life to follow Him, to be all in, to be His love, not just in those who we know, but those that are in our circles and our outer circles. To be transformed, to allow for the the grace of God to eliminate the sin and the shame in our lives that we seem to carry around with us. Maybe some of us say, I don't let that bother me. But when's the last time you stayed up too much at night thinking about something? Christ came for that. Christ came to free you from that. Allow for this Easter to be the time where you remember the resurrection is about the old being gone and the new being now.
Step into the life that Christ has for you. A few years ago, uh, we were able to go on a family canoe trip. When it wasn't really a family canoe trip, we just canoed out to an island. And that's, that's about, what's, we're, we're pretty adventurous. So anyway, and we went out to this island, and uh, no one else was on it. And, you know, I wish it was the island called Hawaii, but it wasn't anyway. But that would be really long. Anyway, so, like, okay, so anyway, but like, we went out to this, and we were out there, and we're walking around, and our two older kids, they run off in front of us, and we're like, whatever, don't die. And so they, they fulfilled that promise, and they didn't, so that was good. And so they ran on ahead of us, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, our daughter comes back, and she's barefoot. We're like, this is like one of those party islands. There's glass bottles broken all over the place because we're a party people. Anyway, and so we're like, what is going on? Where are your shoes? Where are your expensive $5 flip-flops that we were so committed to in this life? And so, and she's like, I got stuck in mud. And I sunk up to my knees, and my flip-flops, they are never to be seen again. Well, I didn't yell at her. It was a good. This is the thing. We're going to get stuck in life. We are. We're even going to feel like we're sinking. But I want you to hear this. That doesn't change who God is. That doesn't change who Jesus is for you. There will be roller coaster moments ahead. And even in those low moments, Jesus is still present. And even those moments where flip-flops are lost, Jesus is still there. Again, Jesus loves you. That's what Easter is. Jesus loves you and he wants you to be transformed and changed. Go and follow him with everything. Celebrate it. Praise him. Don't shrink back when you're face to face with Christ. Listen and be transformed. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God. In this day, there may be some of us who have felt stuck for so long. And it's time for us to begin to feel you again. Maybe it's been years or decades where we've just tried to do things on our own. But now, we are ready to follow. It is not by a mistake that we're here this morning, but yet you've drawn us here through an invitation. You've drawn us here for just coincidence. But God, you work in our coincidences. And so, Lord, right now, for all of us, we simply ask, come and fill us. Transform our hearts. Take away the old. Prepare us for the new. Help us to see the miracle of the resurrection that is happening in our lives as well. Let us become a people who are no longer stuck and sinking but a people who are walking hand in hand with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As the band comes forward, we're going to take communion. All who uh, believe and confess that Jesus Christ, our Lord, as Lord, is welcome to take communion here at the branches. If you don't feel comfortable taking communion today, do not worry about it. But here at the branches, we do this every week. And it's the reminder for us that Christ's body was broken for us, and Christ's blood was spilled for us. If you need communion, just wave your hands. We have people who are walking around that can, or if you're embarrassed, it doesn't matter. So anyway, uh, but, but as we do this, I want to just be reminded. A few days ago, Christ's body was broken for us. On this day, 
we have new life in Christ. And as we have new life in Christ, we are able to remove the sin from our lives and to be filled with His love in our lives so that we can go from this place being His light and love to all those around us. Would you pray with me? Lord, bless this bread and this juice. Let it represent to us your body that was broken for us and your blood that was spilled for us. Allow for us to be filled with your Spirit, Lord. Take the sin from our lives and allow for us to be open to your grace and your forgiveness so that we can be made new in you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you, take and eat. The blood of Christ spilled for you in the forgiveness of your sins, take and drink. Fill us up with your love, Lord, so that we can go and be your love in this world. In your name we pray. Amen.